You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm about to uh, share a story with you guys and a revelation I had from God. How about 2020, huh? Woo! Bye! I'm ready to kick you to the curb. Uh, but we had a, a pretty crazy situation happened early in 2020 in our family. I'm going to share that story, but before I get into the preaching here, I want to encourage you. Uh, we are an engaging church at Awaken. And look, you know, if you can lose it in your house on your couch when the Utes score a touchdown, you know, but then I, God had to check me on this. Like, I could yell and hoot and holler for Notre Dame all I want, but, you know, you used to come to church and it was like, plug in the, you know, hands of the pocket. Get getting a little real crazy and wild and start waving a little, you know, but we're expressive in our worship because we know that when we engage with the word of God, the word of God can engage with us. And so what you put in is often what you can get out. So if you've never shouted down a preacher, I'm not asking you to do it for me, although it does help me preach better. Uh, <laughs> But I'm asking you to do it for you to engage. So I'll give you a quick training here. If you're new to this, you can just start with a yeah. Like if I make a good point or I read the Bible and it's good, and you're like, yeah, you know? Now, if you're really getting like ambitious, you can go a double yeah, 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 okay? If you're really feeling it, you can go triple, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and just go until the point doesn't hit anymore. That's fine. The, you know, next level intermediate is something like... Uh, you know, you can holler out like, preach it, white boy. Yeah, like that's, that'll work, you know? Or you can yell out like, uh, pop the clutch, you know? Just like, go for it. Go, 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 okay? And finally, for the advanced, I prefer uh, shame the devil. You, know, just, you can stand out and shame the devil, all right? Shame the devil. And you can tie that in with speak the truth. Shame the devil, all right? So, and let's, oh, you guys are ready. I, don't, I didn't need to train you. This is awakening. Oh, it's fire in here. All right, so my name is Matt Tuggle. You saw my beautiful wife do communion, and I have a picture of two little boys. If you could maybe throw. These are my boys. One in the back is my oldest. He's four. It's Levi, and that's Asher. He's three. And that's, that's called the ocean, by the way. It's not the same as the Dead Sea. It's different. Or the Salt Lake. <laughs> Dead Sea's different. Sorry, I'm back in Cali. It's not the same, but those are my two uh, little warriors. Pray for my wife. They're pure violence. The other day, my wife came out of the bedroom, and my oldest said, Mommy, you're so pretty. And I was like, oh, I'm raising him up good. And then he proceeded to sit on her lap and punch her in the face. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, we, we are a boy family. My poor wife, she's pure girl, and she's got nothing but boy in the house. And uh, today, I'm going to share a quick story about pretty much a father's worst nightmare. Um, in February of this year, uh, I was on a work trip in Dallas, and uh, we got a, I got a call from my wife. I was checking in. She said, hey, Asher seems like he's teething. He doesn't want to swallow, and he just seems kind of sick, and so we weren't too panicked. Uh, seemed like a, he's, he was two at the time. It's kind of normal getting his molars in. But uh, for, I was supposed to come home early for a meeting that got canceled. And this is the first miracle in the story. My business partner forgot to tell me that the meeting was canceled. So I came home early, and when I got home, I found out it was canceled, and I was 
kind of frustrated, to be honest, but little did I know that God was setting something up. That night, Asher seemed really, really lethargic and uh, just, but didn't seem all that bad. Sounded like he was getting a cough, so we let him sleep in our bed. And in the morning, we woke up, and he sounded like he had a, what's that cough called, croup? Croup? Something like that. Our oldest had had it, so he sounded rough, so we put him in the bath to try to get some steam in his lungs, and, uh, and I come, I, I am watching him, and all of a sudden, he's like falling asleep in the bathtub. And I said, okay, we got to go to the doctor. And so we get in the car, and the blessing is that I was there um, to get in the car quick. We, we throw the kids in the car, and we start driving. And we're only about 10 minutes from the hospital. And as we're about to get on the freeway, Asher starts to lose consciousness, and he's going in and out, and he's turning white. And so I'm driving on the median, like, whatever it takes. We're rushing to the hospital. We run, I run into the ER. At this point, he's turning kind of purple and and so we, we bring them in, and they rush them in, and they begin to try to do uh, breathing, um, uh, uh, breathing treatments on him. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in adrenaline mode, so it's not, I'm like, I'm not really thinking. I'm just in fight mode. And uh, the doctor pulls me outside, and he says, we're sending an ambulance to the children's hospital. Your son's in really bad condition. And that's when it, you know, the, just the, the weight so we get to the hospital, and in the ambulance, I'm riding the ambulance with him, and he just seems to be getting worse. The breathing treatments were helping him. He wasn't purple anymore, but his chest was just working so hard, and we rush into Rady's Children's Hospital, and uh, I've called some pastors at the church and friends, and uh, one of my dear friends, Pastor Lance, is there, and we get, we get him up to the room, and uh, the doctors are looking at him, and um, they say, we need to put him on life support. His heart's about to stop. And uh, so I'm just in shock. And at that moment, all the doctors rushed out to get ready to go to the OR. And my, my buddy Lance rushed in and began to pray. And at this point, my son had been, um, not tranquilized, that's a bit intense, but uh, <laughs> sedated. <laughs> sedated is the right word. <laughs> And he was sedated, and his heart was bumped, I think, at like 215 or something. It's just out of control. He's struggling for breath. And uh, Pastor Lance puts his hand on my son and says, Spirit of infirmity, get off of this boy. And he shoots up and starts trying to pull the mask off. And his heart rate starts going crazy. The doctors rush in, and they, they rush him out to the OR. I want to pause here in the story, um, and we can show that picture too. This is my son on life support. Not a picture you like to see. You can take that down now. I don't like that picture. <laughs> um, but when so point number one here that I want to get to is that when Pastor Lance came in, and I saw him, and he prayed, and we were praying too. Don't get me wrong, but you know he came in with an authority, and I saw him arch up. At that moment, I knew this was a fight. You know, before you're kind of in this, like, what's going on mode, but when he said, Spirit of Fermi off, my boy woke up from sedation, I knew I was in a fight. And I want to encourage you first thing tonight is that you are prepared for the fight, whether you know it or not. You are prepared for the fight, whether you know it or not. Numbers 23:19 says this. I'll see if it comes up here. 
There it is. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, which means change the way he thinks. He, he, has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So here's what the first thing, you are prepared for the fight because you have the word of God. And because you have the word of God, you know that God is ready to look after his word. He's not a man. He doesn't lie. If he says he will heal, he will heal. If he says he will help, he will help. If he says he will be your strength when you are weak, he will be your strength. That's good preaching. That's where you yell, shame the devil. There you go. He will show up. And I want to encourage you, you guys. And by the way, I know it's the... the uh, Sunday before Christmas, so you're probably expecting a Christmas story. Merry Christmas. That's it. All right. <laughs> That's it. We're going to go for something today. We're going to go for something today. So you have an enemy, and the Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion. But you also have the Lion of Judah. See, he's walking around acting tough, but we got the real Lion of Judah on our side. And when, for you that have showed up this Sunday, I want to encourage you. This is the training ground. This is where you get faith on the inside of you because what happens in here needs to go out there. And how you get the faith in you is you hear the word of God. The Bible says hearing causes faith. So being at church, being at DNA, being at connect groups, being in the house of God, reading your Bible on your own, I wanna encourage you. Be going to men's and women's prayer. These are all you just ching, ching, sharpening sharpening your weapon for the day of battle. Because the Bible says that you will, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, you step into blessing with persecution. So I'm sorry if you were hoping that becoming a Christian means you have no battles. That's not the case. But what you can hold to is that when you have a battle, you have a mighty warrior on your side. So God is faithful to his word. I just want to read some scriptures that I needed to camp on in this time when my son was on life support. And I'm just rattling these off because I want you to take them into your soul and remember that God said, I am not a liar. If I said it, I'll do it. Okay, I will not, I will, or you will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold the position, see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. That's 2 Chronicles 20, 17. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though the though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Psalms 27. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And if you look up that word never, in the Hebrew, it's translated as never. It's crazy. It's crazy. He actually meant what he said. He'll never leave you or forsake you. I've got about 50 other verses, but for time, because I can talk a lot, uh, if you want more verses, but this is the point, is that once I realized this was a spiritual battle, this became my weapon. What God said was going to be above what the doctor said, was going to be above what the nurses said. This was my battle. So going back to Asher, they get him, and another miracle in this, a doctor takes a wild shot. He says, when we go to put him on life support in the OR, check for this disease. This disease is extinct, but he, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. It's an extinct disease. They haven't seen a case of it since 1970. And as they're in there, this OR catches the telltale sign. He had a disease that doesn't exist anymore, which is a very dangerous infection that kills babies. 
And so they get him on life support and they come back into the room and they begin to do what doctors do, which is not offer a ton of hope. <laughs> you know, they say your son's body went through a lot, you know, it could be weeks on life support, could be, you know, it, it's not good. Uh, you know, they're just preparing us for the worst. And at this point, I am just tuning this out. I am just going to my faith. I'm going to men's prayer that I've been at. I'm going to the word of God. And uh, so he's on life support and we begin just the process. They said, hey, we're gonna keep him on life support and completely asleep for five days or four days uh, minimum and then we'll check him. And so the longest four days of my life, uh, but, you know, we took action. So thank God my nurse was a Christian and she taught me how to get YouTube on the heart rate monitor so I could play worship music in the room. She literally, I'm like, I need worship music. So we were playing worship music 24-7, nonstop, praise and worship, praying over him, taking communion. The whole church was praying. I mean, it was just, I probably had several thousand people praying. My parents' church was praying. And uh, we were in this waiting game. And during this waiting game, I had one of the most profound encounters with the Father God. I learned a lot about his heart because as a father, don't sweat eyes. <laughs> you got this. As a father, seeing your son in that state is so hard. And you would do anything to trade spots. And uh, what to make it worse, um, on the second day, the nurse his heart rate started going up and I saw a tear coming down his eye and I said, what's going on there? And the nurse said, well, the sedation begins to wear off. So when his heart rate's above this level, he's actually kind of awake, but he, he can't move. He doesn't know what's going on. And so I see a tear come down my son's eye as his heart rate says he's awake. And let me tell you something. The doctor said that we can't, he had all these wires everywhere, and the, the beds have rails, and they said, you can't move the rails because you might hit the wires. The second those doctors left the room, those rails were down. Didn't care. I, obviously, I washed out for the wires, but those rails were down, and I put my face right on my son's face so he could, hoping he would hear me and feel me, and I just said, you got this, buddy. You got this. You're strong. And for whatever reason, we had this saying with Asher that I had kind of said, I Called him my shock and awe baby because he just shocked you and awe you. He's just crazy. He's freakishly strong. The day he came out of the womb, they did the little reflex test where they hold the fingers and they pull them up and they pull them all the way up. The, the doctor's like, whoa, this has never happened. He's just a, he's a little beast. And so I just reminded him who he was and his favorite hero is Hulk. And so I just whispered, you're stronger than Hulk. You got this. And I, that went on for an entire night because his heart rate would go up and it would beep. And when it did, boom. Dad was right there, laying him over there. And, and, and that night I really hit kind of a, you know, my heart was pretty broken and I was talking to God and I felt God say, that's me. That's how I am with my children that don't know me. They don't realize it, but they're barely conscious. They're, they're on life support. And I'm just perpetually, I love you. I've got this. Title of my message, which is a really weird time to bring it up because we're midway through, is whatever it takes. I got to throw that in there because it's going to make sense at the end here. Um, but as a dad, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to let my son know that I love him. And that's what Jesus did. Whatever it takes. My second point is just this. God is close to you. 
And if you're going through it, if there are parts of your life that are on life support right now, I'm here to tell you that God is not distant or punishing you, but he is right there believing that you will wake up. He is right there whispering, I made you for a purpose. You are strong. You are not the depression you're facing right now. You are not the anxiety that you're going through. You are not that job loss. You are not the situation. You are not the broken family that you're coming from. He is whispering life into you because he made you with you purpose and he is your heavenly father. And as I was laying there in the hospital feeling like I was on life support because my son was on life support, I felt the father God come into the room and say, you've got this. You've got this. And the word for this church right now is you have got this. I know 2020 might have been tough. I know you might have got some hits. I know the family might be going bonkers. Okay, I know that you might be struggling with an addiction or struggling with depression. But I'm here to tell you today that today God is here and he is ready And he is saying, you've got this. I will not quit on you. I will not give up on you. I do not leave you or forsake you because you're mine. God is close. It's better cover from you, Abe. It's awesome. God is close. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the Father God. And I can tell you, I'm not just preaching from like a place of, you know, I went through a hard thing, but I'm telling you, God, I have been on life support in my walk before. And any Christian that's been a Christian longer than like a year and says that they've never had a moment of being on Christian life support, come on, like, let's get real, okay? Like Colin said, I'm victorious, but I'm gonna be real with you. There are moments, right? And so uh, let's get back to the story here because I want to round third. And uh, Ben, you guys can come up. Probably now we're gonna get to it here in a minute. So we get to day four. And every time the doctors would come in and give me a report after whispering to my son, I just decided, you know, I'm going to publicly make this known. So I would tell the doctors, they'd say, you know, well, probably he's not going to be ready to come off life support. And I said, hey, my boy's going to shock and awe you. He's a miracle in motion. And, you know, the doctor's looking at me kind of like, okay, whatever, psycho, you know, (laughs) but I don't care. (laughs) I'm, I'm here for my boy. I don't really didn't care what they thought. I just was letting my boy hear me say that he's going to shock and awe you. So day four comes. Day four comes, and they take him down to the OR, and they begin, they take a look, and we're, the longest wait, I don't, they put you in this little room, and uh, just, you know, up, down, back, forth. I could equate this room to 2020, honestly. Honestly, it's just like, what is going, what? We're locking down, we're going out, what are we doing, you know, and finally the doctor comes in and just, that moment when she smiles. She says, you're not gonna believe it. There's nothing in there anymore. We can take them off of life support. So we're ecstatic. And then doctors come in and kind of do what they sometimes, and I'm not knocking doctors. The doctors at Radius were brilliant. They caught a, a disease that doesn't exist anymore. Like they are the best. But by definition, their job is not to deal hope, it's to deal science and facts. So, and so they come in, they say, hey, yeah, he's coming off life support, but we don't know. Could be a long time till he's back to normal. 
if he's going to be normal. And, you know, and so they're kind of giving us that. And once again, I'm just like, he's going to shock and all you. We'll be out of here tomorrow. And so my boy wakes up, most beautiful thing, kind of shaky, but he's awake. And uh, <laughs> 24 hours later, we were out of there. The only doctor, the only doctor that had seen this disease, because she'd been there the longest and was one of the doctors on the rounds, when they, when they d- dismissed us, uh, I, was get, I was packing up and she busts in the door. She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They made a mistake. He can't be going home. And she's, I'm like, no, they said he's good. And she's like, let me see the charts. She begins to look through the charts. And she slips. She says, this is America. And she stops. She's America. This is amazing. I'm like, no, you said it. I told you. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. So let me just tie this up with, I've got a little video. This is uh, part in the mess in our house. And just fair warning, my son's not wearing pants. But that's Asher. He likes to dance. Wait for it. He's going to hit it hard right here. <laughs> and one spin move for you real quick. There it is. I thought I'd do a spin move. <laughs> so that was right before the pandemic. <laughs> I'll tell you. When you see God do a miracle, nothing else in 2020 could have affected me. And the reason I felt like God wanted me to share the stories today is because getting a glimpse of what it feels like to be a father away from his son because they're barely conscious was, was God just spoke to me through that. And he didn't cause Asher to get sick. I want to make that very clear. God does not cause sickness. But he didn't waste that opportunity and the miracle. He saved my son, but he taught me something about the heart of the Father and that he desires to be close to you. And he also hates it when we're oppressed. He hates it when we're sick. And he has promised in his word that he can take care of that. But there is a, a, as he whispers to you that he loves you, what he needs is you to have the faith in him. And so first thing we're going to do, we're going to pray for miracles today. And I'm going to tell you that when I preach this message up down in San Diego, we have heard, we saw the power of God move. And I want you to take inventory right now. And if there is any area in your life that is on life support, that is not lining up with the word of God, let's open one of the best Christmas presents you could ever open this year and let God do what he does. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's like a, after John 3, 16, it might be the most popular verse. It says, God, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
And so first things first, if you don't know Jesus, but your heart, this entire service has been like this, because he's calling you. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to ask him in your heart. And trust me, this is the safest place in the world you could do that because every one of us have done this or, or haven't. So there's only two people in the room. Most of us probably have. And so we are believing for you. We are cheering you on. So if you're in one of two categories, either you don't know Jesus, but you want to, you wanna give him a try because you've tried the world and it's left you lacking. And you know there's areas of your life that are on life support. Or if you did know Jesus, but you have just left him and done your own thing and you need to come back to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes. And if that's you, I just need to know who I'm including in the prayer. We're going to pray together. The entire church will pray this out loud, repeat after me. But if that's you and you either need to meet Jesus for the first time and ask him into your life, or if you've been far from him and you need to come back to him, um, would you just lift your hand up so I can include you in this prayer? Thank you, 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 thank you. Just, there's somebody else. If you put your hand down up, I can, you can put it down now, but there's someone, thank you. I still feel like there's someone else. You've been through that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, I see your hand, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Come on. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Man, I still feel like there's another person. You're doing it in your own strength. You're, you're tough and you've been fighting, but you just thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. All right, church, we're all going to pray this together. And will you guys pray out loud with me? If you lifted your hand, pray this with everybody. And this is the beginning of him coming in and doing what he does. So dear Jesus, I ask you today, come into my life. I don't want to do things my own way. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your grace. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I make you Lord of my life today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you that today is the beginning of a new chapter of a brand new book. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's get Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.